I don't know about you guys, but for us here at Casa Torres, once October 1st comes, we start having these mock debates about what constitutes holiday flair. From Halloween to Thanksgiving to Christmas and to some degree New Year's, we start putting a list together in our heads, more or less, as far as what films are we going to put in the docket and we're going to want to get through for the next three months. And the reason why I say it's a mock debate is because although the children as of late have been starting to put their own uh, must-haves on that list, for the most part it is controlled by us, the parents, who are the final arbiters of what we're actually going to be putting on, on the screen. And for a long time, our children have been subject, that's the way I'm sure that the way that they would say it, to our, to our wants and our needs and our must-haves. Okay, let me give you an example of something that we debate here. For instance, A Nightmare Before Christmas, one of my favorite movies of all time. That, to me, is a Halloween movie. It was when it first was released, and it will be for the rest of time, as far as I'm concerned. My wife doesn't care much for the movie, so she's not part of the debate. But as far as my children are concerned, it's a must-have Christmas movie, and they will fight me on it. And now that they are getting into the teenage years and, they, and we've given them access to language and de de debating skills, they're much more prescient as far as making an argument for why we should watch it during the Christmas time. But again, at least for the next couple of years, as long as I'm the one in charge of the control, more or less, we will be watching a nightmare before Christmas during the, uh, the Halloween season. Couple of other films that are, you know, that bring controversy to, to our home are Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. For my wife and I, who grew up with the with the trilogies, the, these are must-have, must-watch Christmas films. Die Hard, probably my favorite of the two, uh, and then Lethal Weapon, which happens to be my wife's favorite. And the reason why it's a Christmas movie is because it a the plot of the film takes place during the Christmas season. It begin begins with a, a classic Christmas song, and it ends with a Christmas song. So for all intents and purposes, it's a Christmas film that we're gonna watch. But I know, I know, that my children roll their eyes whenever we are gonna put the DVD on the screen uh, on in the DVD player. Now, the reason why I bring all of this up is because as we were starting to talk about this a few day, a few weeks ago and what movies we were going to watch, my kids rolled their eyes the moment that we said Lethal Weapon, which prompted my wife as punishment for their eye rolling to put on the second movie, the Lethal Weapon 2, and watch that uh, with them on a Saturday afternoon. And they sat there, one of them on their phones, one of them on their switch, kind of just every now and then glancing up at the screen and, and, you know, and, and, all, and all the goofiness. And for the most part, amazed that both my wife and I, at any given point, we can recite pretty much the lines of the characters word for word. And we know exactly what's going to happen next. And it's one of those things where the grooves of the plot have, are so deep in our heads that it's just part of our lexicon. And we surprised one another, my wife and I, uh, with how, how beloved this film has been. And never mind the fact that uh, 
Mel Gibson has gone off the deep end and he tends to be pretty bananas nowadays. But uh, the films hold up. I think they're a, they're a lot of fun and, 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 they're, and they're part of, of our life. But we had just finished watching Lethal Weapon 2 and then a few days later we were you know, looking at, at, other, at other things on the, on the telly and one of the things that we have been watching a lot of lately is Psych. Now, the reason for that is because we didn't watch it in its original run. We didn't really know anything about the show. I know I certainly didn't. My wife had watched a couple of episodes when it was they first aired, but it wasn't part of our usual rotation of, uh, of TV. But they, we came across it on, I think, Amazon, and the kids just took a real liking to it. And what we discovered is that the reason why they enjoyed it so much is because since we've been raising proper nerds, they make so many pop culture references throughout the show that it is a lot of fun when my kids find them, point them out. And, and also, I think that the duo of the two lead characters and then obviously the, the, the surrounding cast, they are just goofy and they're fun, but they're also solving crimes. And it's if you're looking for something that's you know, relatively wholesome to watch during you know these pandemic days. I would certainly recommend Psych. But during one of the episodes, because that's one of kind of their shtick, they usually borrow and take from movies and pop culture and and, and build them into the plot of uh, of the show. Was a reference to Lethal Weapon Two. And if you haven't seen the movie, which is, I don't know, 25 years old, 26 years old by now, sorry, I'm going to spoil some things. But it basically comes to, the, it comes to a point where the main character, Sean, is going to try to pull out a big stump or uh, yeah, it's going to try to pull something with this little tiny car that they drive around in, in, the, uh, in the show and try to bring down a house, which is an obvious reference to Lethal Weapon 2. And so my wife and I, as there's this buildup of events going on in the in, in the show, and the characters start mimicking what was happening happening in Lethal Weapon Two, we both looked at each other, recognized it, and then looked at our kids and see if the light bulb was you know go off. That hey, we just saw that a few days ago. It kind of did. The older one, older one registered it some. The younger one, not so much. But my wife and I were both kind of hopping and, and chomping at the bit of like, take a look. This happened, you know, it, or it's similar to what happened on Lethal Weapon. At the end of the day, our excitement was for not. My, our kids were not too impressed by that. They were more, you know, excited about some of the goofy line that uh, the main character on Psych was saying. And, and then we moved on to something else. But in my head... At that moment when it was happening and I was looking at my wife's excitement over that just little bit of movie that takes place in the course of maybe that entire locale in the film, you know, maybe takes about seven minutes worth of time in a two hour movie. But it registered to me that that house that gets destroyed in the movie is in Los Angeles. It's a real place. It's not a well. It was a set, or it was a miniature for part of it, but it was based on an actual house that resides here in L.A. And so, as we were watching the rest of uh, the Psych Show, I popped up my laptop 
and I started to do some research about where this place was. And I realized that it was in the Hollywood Hills, about 25 minutes from where I live, and that you can just drive up to it. That this iconic Hollywood uh, home is just a short drive away. And I started plotting in that minute. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, you know what? My wife and I, because of the pandemic, haven't had a lot of date nights. We just haven't had the opportunity to just go out to a bar and just hang out or go out and walk and take the train like we typically do and go hop to different places around Los Angeles. We haven't had the opportunity to go to our favorite sushi place and then go walk around Pasadena and, you know, we pop into the sex shop just to look at all the weirdos there and, and pretend that we're not weirdos. We just haven't had that over the course of, what, seven, eight months now? And also, our every day is pretty routine. Kids go to school online here. They get off. We hang out, and then we get dinner ready for the time that mom comes home. Mom gets home. We talk for about you know an hour or so about the day and then turn on the television, and then we start watching TV because, unfortunately, it's also been so hot in Southern California. I mean, it's been 100-degree weather for the last few weeks. And in addition, we've had these terrible fires that have kept the, that, has, that have made the air quality terrible. And so for the last three weeks, definitely, there has been just a... Every single day, to the, for the most part, seems like a cookie-cutter version of the next. And so in my head... As I was watching this show and I was making connect, the connection to Lethal Weapon 2, I kind of just programmed it in that if this thing is close, we should go see it. Fast forward a couple of days and we find ourselves on a Saturday kind of just hanging out at home. The kids are going to have a lot of homework to do uh, because now they are in school and they're realizing that it's becoming more challenging to, to get some of the projects that they have to get done on online that they actually have to spend a lot of time at home prepping and working on them and they needed downtime during the weekend to get it done and we had about a three-hour window where they were going to go disappear and it was just going to be her and I now we could be doing laundry we could be doing projects around the backyard like we have done in the past but I noticed in her that she wasn't really motivated to do that but in that if we if I let things be as they were, um, we were just going to spend the week, a Saturday, just kind of sitting in front of the TV doing nothing. And so around 11 a.m., the thought about the Garcia house, which is what the home that I'm referencing is actually called. It was designed by uh, Russell Garcia back in 1962. It's also called the Rainbow House. <clears throat> it, it, I was reminded of that thought that I had placed in my head and in a moment's notice I told her, I went to the, I, I got up from the couch, I went to our bedroom, I started looking through her closet, her side of the closet, and I picked out a dress that I like, a sundress that I like. A moment later I called her into the room and I said, I want you to put on this dress and I want you to get put on your flip-flops and get ready to go. For whatever reason, either it was the way that I said it or it was just my 
my intense nature that I get sometimes when I've resolved that something is going to happen. She just smiled, didn't question it much, and, and started to, to, you know, to get dressed. I might have taken a second to take a peek at what she had underneath, but, you know, right after that, I headed over to the kids' room and I said, well, you guys, listen, you guys have work to do. You guys have your phones. Mom and I are going to go out for a few hours and just, you know, send us a note every so often. Let us know that you're okay. You know, the neighbor is right next door. I'll let them know that, you know, that we're going to be gone. And, you know, your mom and I are going on an adventure. They inquired and asked, and I told them nothing. They were not to know what my plans were in my head. It's just something that I wanted to do. And I was wife napping my, you know, my other half and it was, it was on. So we got in the car and she's like, where are we doing? What are we going? I said, don't you worry about it. Let's just, it's an adventure like I typically do. And I said the iconic lines that my kids sometimes dread and sometimes look forward to, which is I'm going rogue, which means anything can happen. <laughs> it's relatively safe. And we got, we got on the road and we started driving. And that's one of the wonderful things about the pandemic. And also it hadn't been a Saturday and during a point of the day when it wasn't really busy that we didn't hit any traffic. And some of you guys that don't live in Southern California don't may not get this. But for those who do or, 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 or people that live in metropolitan places where there's a lot of traffic, to be able to get in your car and to drive the speed limit or a little bit over and actually be able to get to where you want to go in the amount of time that you had actually that, that it should be that's a wonderful thing plus it was one of those days where it wasn't overly hot yet and so we could crack the windows down and just drive and it reminded me of when we were just 20 and we could wake up at, on a saturday morning have some coffee my wife would put on a super cute bikini on put on her tights, grab the roller braids, and we would head down to Santa Monica or Venice Beach and then just rollerblade for an hour and a half and grab ourselves a smoothie, grab a uh, pillow, I'm sorry, a towel from our from the back of our Jeep and then just you know, lay out for about a half an hour and I would just maybe go into the ocean for a little bit and then come back and rub suntan lotion on, on her back especially focusing on her tushy, which is, if, if you know me, that's my thing with her. And just then get back in the car, drive another, you know, another hour and a half back home and then go to our favorite back then Marie Callender's. And, you know, I would grab a burger and she would grab like a sandwich or something, come back home, watch some TV, some real world, and then, you know, make out, have sex, go to sleep. And then the next morning, kind of find another adventure and we had nobody to answer to our schedules were relatively easy it was just a really good time to be alive in in the sense that we had the freedom that 20 year olds do that sometimes we don't have access to because we have responsibilities and we are mindful and also we are living at a time when going out is it has its risk, has its potential risk as far as health of ourselves and then what we might bring home and, and also risk in our community. So everything that we do is very calculated, right? And you can 
although I consider that moment of let's get up and go as to be impulsive, it was, but it had, I had also given it enough quick thoughts, or at least my head is trained in such a way that it, that I can do a lot of risk management relatively quickly and realize that, hey, we're going to be in the car. We're not going to be around a ton of people. We're going to go just to a residential neighborhood. Obviously, we're going to have our masks on, and so it should be okay. Plus, our children are at an age where they can take care of themselves, and they're responsible, and there's a lot of neighbors around in, in the area that know them, and they, they have their phone numbers, and they have an eye on them, so it's going to be all right. Anyways, we get to, we start driving and we get to the Hollywood area uh, around all the studios and whatnot, and, and whatnot. And all of a sudden, off the side of the road, we see like the set for, what is that, the, the name of the show? Um, it's Cloud Nine. Uh, I, I forget, it's about a you know, big box store and the people and the adventures that go in it. Anyways, we see the set for that. And then we start going up into the hills and she's wondering, what the hell are you taking me? We pass by Universal Studios, which unfortunately is closed. And, and it reminds us of all the good times that we've had there when we had annual passes and also looking forward to the Nintendo world that's supposed to come up in there in the next couple of years and how they're building up Harry Potter world, blah, blah, blah. So we start thinking about the future and what that may be and whether the kids will be too old at that point to want to go to a theme park with their parents. We cross the freeway, we start getting into the hills. And at that point, I realized that I'm going to need her help because the jig is up. Uh, I'm going up and down hills and I probably shouldn't be looking at my phone while doing this. And so I give her the address and all of a sudden she realizes, holy shit, you're taking me to the house. And so we have a laugh about it and I tell her when the idea got stuck in my head about going to check it out. And then she looks at me like, you're, you're an idiot because why would you do this? It's, it's such a silly thing to do. But cool, let's go check it out. And sure enough, you do. You just pull up to this place. And there in front of you is a pretty awesome house. I mean, uh, this is the, the reason why the, the, this house is well known uh, is because of it, this parabolic roof that it has. It's got stained glass windows. It's got curved ceilings that are like 30 feet high. Uh, but more important, it, it, it sits on stilts that are 60 feet long i mean it sits on a canyon and it's got these 60 foot long stilts and that's in the plot of the movie you know that that's what the uh, the main character pulls away and, and then destroys the house tumbling having it come down and so there's a way to see it from the streets of view of it and also from way down where you can actually get uh an overview of of the architecture so never mind the fact that it was in the movie but it's just a really interesting cool design and it's worth seeing, but it's right there. And we get out of the car, and of course I ask her to pose for a couple of photos. Some of you on the Twitter machine saw those. Uh, and I also posted them on the, on the Insta face. And I got my photos, and then we drive down, and we kind of go check out you know, the bottom of the, of the place, and we walk for a little bit. And then after that, it's just, all right, well, let's drive around uh, the Hollywood Hills and see how the other half lives and and it's just us driving through neighborhoods chit-chatting talking being quiet listening to the radio which is another component something that I've that I really like about just driving with my wife is that um, because we bought a new car just recently we have access to 
satellite radio for six months for free or it's part of the bundle and they have these great 90s channels that have that we have it on the grunge channel and then we have on the 90s pop music channel and if you follow me on the twitter you know that i've been putting posting lyrics from like songs that just randomly come up that i thought were cool back in the day but i've forgotten about them and so if they come on uh, on zoom um, i'm sorry on the satellite radio i kind of hold on to the lyric and i put it on the twitter machine and, and some of you guys that follow along like catch on that hey i know that lyric and, and there's been some really fun for me interactions with people on twitter because they get it they were of that time or at least that they know the song and so my wife are just kind of jamming and remembering songs remembering times and, and but then also thinking about the future and what do we want to do and and just laughing about the absurdity of God having seen this house of a movie that's beloved. And at the same time, texting our kids photos of the home. And they're like, what the fuck did dad do? Why did you guys go need to see that? It, it, they don't like the movie. And why, 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 why? And we're kind of laughing with them on text. And they're sending messages, you know, messages back of, you know, dad's bananas. And within the next hour, we're back home. And it's now back to kind of we're going to watch tv now and we're going to have dinner with the kids and we're going to barbecue and it's going to be all you know it's 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 a saturday like it's been for the last eight months all of that is a big backstory to what i really wanted to talk to you guys about today and that is measured impulsivity because back when i was in my 20s I will not say that I was overtly reckless, but there were a lot of things that I did impulsively that could have gotten myself into a, re a lot of problem. I'm one of those individuals, and I, I won't blame it on culture, but where I run very hot and very cold, um, you know, it's all relative, but I, 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 I'm very passionate, but I can also get depressed very quickly. Um, I am somebody who has a temper, but at the same time can be one of the most loving people that you'll ever know. And I think I'm more of the latter now, but definitely the temper is always there. I'm somebody who can be very patient about some things, but somebody who, when the, the shit needs to get done, I'm like, get the fuck out of the way because I got to get, get it done. And my whole point is that it, my impulsivity has been an issue for me. But what I realized and what I'm realizing as of late, is that impulsivity gets a bad rap, but it's not a terrible thing all the time. Because it is also why the reasons why, quote-unquote, going rogue is such a fun experience for my family in a lot of ways. Because it means that whatever scripts that we have, you never know when dad is going to toss them to the side and we're going to do something else. But knowing that it's centered on a person who can do risk management really, really fast, like they talked about. Let me give you another example. We, I mean, my kids are at home now, and again, the, the, the school day is done here uh, online, and at 1 o'clock, they're kind of done, and you know, there's not much to do until mom gets home and we start getting dinner together, as I explained. But I get these wild hairs, and so for instance, on the Twitter machine, I saw that somebody had posted that Randy's Donuts was opening a new location in um, in Pasadena. Now, if you don't know Randy's Donuts, you probably have seen them if you watch any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. And I think it's in, I think it's in the second Iron Man movie 
where Tony Stark finds himself after a big bender sitting on a big donut inside a big donut um, somewhere in, in L.A. And Samuel Jackson's character finds him and he wants to talk to him about, you know, helping people out or blah, 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 whatever it is. But if you have if you rem are reminded of that big donut scene, that's Randy's Donuts. Well, they open up a location in Pasadena. And my, when I told my kids, they were excited. But, you know, Pasadena is not a relatively, you know, fast drive. So, you know, we haven't had a chance to go. But the other day, again, on a whim, I'm like, well, they're done. It's hot. We need to be in the air conditioning. Kids, put on shoes. We're going to go to Randy's Donuts and we're going to check out the place. And sure enough, we went and got a dozen donuts, which in my opinion were a little bit too expensive. Really, really good, but a little bit too expensive. I'm, I like the cheap stuff. And then on the way back, as we're driving through Colorado Boulevard on, my, on our way home, I noticed that my son's video games, uh, uh, board game store, which had been closed down, was opened up. So I told them in the car, we're going rogue. And sure enough, the first moment that I could make a U-turn, we headed back to the store and he was able to say hello to some of the people that he knew there, check out board games, look at prices, and send mom a text message of, hey, look at this, our, our store, which we thought was done for, is now open. And that happened because of the going rogue mindset that I have sometimes. We talked a little bit about the fact that we're raising proper nerds and uh, the Big Bang Theory is available on HBO Max. And so we've been watching it. And it's one of my kids' favorite shows because, again, a lot of the references, both mathematical, uh, physics-wise, and also anything that has to do with uh, superheroes, they get it and they catch on too. And so it's fun for them to, to be part of that. Well... I realized that, again, in Pasadena, they have something called Bing Bang, Bing, Big Bang Theory Way. And it's just a sign that we've actually walked by a thousand times, but because we weren't in front of the shows, we had never noticed it. And so, again, on a Friday, when the kids were done with school and we had you know a lot of leisure time, I walked into the room and I said, we're going rogue, put on your shoes, and they know that it's, it's go time. And we headed out to, to, to see the sign. It's literally just a street sign. And they rolled their eyes and blah, blah, blah. But I'm, the point is, I think that one day, I hope, I hope that they'll appreciate those moments of impulsivity. And I think that's a positive thing. I'll end this entire talk with, with the following. This pandemic, our national politics, the issues going around in the world have sucked a lot of fun from our daily lives. But creativity and our ability to seek beauty or seek interesting things uh, doesn't have to be squashed. You can go out there and find little things. The important thing is that when you get an idea, jot it down. Take out your phone, pull out your notes, and just remember it so that you can come back to it. 
I think a lot of our lives as of late is lived on, oh, it, that would be cool, but no, write it down and then make it happen. As silly as a, or as dumb as it may sound, because it could literally make your day or make somebody else's day. If you're impulsive, practice on harnessing that in your ability to make to you to, to 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 utilize it to enhance your life not take away from it going rogue for me has led to so many different adventures a lot of times when people look at my insta face or they look at my twitter feed and whatnot they think like where's all this shit coming from dude it's so it, it's such silliness but I got to tell you that that silliness in this time has made all the difference in the world. So you might feel tapped out a bit or you might feel that you don't have the budget. But one uh, piece of advice I would give you, look at your area, look at where you live. And there is a site and I'll put this on the show notes and it's called Encyclopedia Obscura. I'll put it in the show notes. But it's a collection of interesting, quirky places in the world or in your world, near your world, hopefully, that you can go check out. And if for whatever reason they don't have your area, shit, put some in of your own and then share them with the world. Because the theme parks, the movie theaters, the even as much as I love them, our national park spaces, or if you're from around the country and the places that are similar to that, they don't hold the answer for all that's interesting in the world. Your own neighborhoods are a treasure trove of places that you can go and have fun and see. Plaques, monuments, uh, homes that, that, are, that seem unassuming or that are unassuming but actually hold treasure of info. The one crazy thing about humans and human nature is the fact that we leave our mark everywhere. And these are the little Easter eggs that life gives us that we don't often seek out because we are so busy or we make ourselves busy. Let's stop doing that and let's make our life a little bit fuller by going rogue. Peace.